When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Welcome to the Sustainable Success Radio Show. This is Chris Salem. Hope you're having a great week so far. It's finally spring, finally feels like spring here in the New York area. After uh, officially when spring came, it still felt like winter. But in any event, we uh, wanted to uh, talk a little bit about today about an interesting topic. You know, everybody loves money, right? And money is a great thing, but a lot of times money causes a lot of different issues with people. They, they, they have a funny dialogue with it. And that's because of uh, you know things that have happened in the past, and they project in the future, and so forth. But today we're going to be talking about something interesting that's dr- true to my heart because I'm all about mindfulness. And you, as you know, mindfulness is something we've talked about quite a bit, quite a bit here on the Sustainable Success Radio Show. It's something that I uh, work with entrepreneurs and sales professionals on in terms of overcoming their limited beliefs. But we're, this is going to be an interesting topic. It's called Mindful Money Management. And we have a great guest today that we're going to be talking to, Joel Solomon. And before I introduce him, I'm going to give it his bio. But first, before I do that, I do want to let anybody that is new to the Sustainable Success Radio Show, again, you can uh, find us also on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Feel free to drop by, like uh, the page. And let us know who you are. And it's a great way to also you know, listen to past episodes where you could get great content that could resonate with your business, your well-being, and your relationships or any combination thereof. Sustainable success is life and business together. So, again, we have uh, Joel Solomon today uh, talking about mindful money management. Joel is a prosperity coach. He works closely with his clients to help identify and overcome the roadblocks standing in their way of personal financial freedom. He recently published Mindful Money Management, Memoirs of a Hedge Fund Manager, which immediately went bestseller. And I remember when that book came out, because Joel and I actually had met for coffee before that that book, his book came out. In 2012, Joel launched his own hedge fund, Solomore Capital. I hope I pronounced that right, uh, Joel, but when I introduce you, named after his daughters, Lauren and Morgan. That was a dream that Joel had had from the early 1990s. Since inception, he outperformed the hedge fund index, and in many significant down months, he was able to consistently generate positive returns for his investors. However, he shut down the hedge fund in 2016 to pursue his current dream, which we're going to be hearing today. Prior to uh, 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 Salamore, Joel was a portfolio manager at City, where he managed a long short-term equity and credit portfolio focused on insurers, asset managers, and specialty finance companies. He successfully grew that portfolio from under $100 million in 2008, that was around the financial crash, to $700 million in 2011. In each full year as portfolio manager, he generated positive returns, including in 2008, when the market collapsed 40%. Joe has spent over 20 years analyzing, rating, and reporting on global insurers. He has over a decade of experience investing in financial stocks and working at insurance and reassurance companies. He was designated a fellow of the Society of Actuaries in 1992 and has been a chartered financial analyst since 1995. 
Joel holds a bachelor's from the University of Rochester, where he graduated magna cum laude with a double major in mathematics and statistics, and he's also a certified infinite possibilities trainer. I want to welcome you to the show, Joel. How's things going today? Great, Chris, and thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a great day. Absolutely. Well, it's it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm always excited when we have you know, people that are in the mindfulness space. And that's why we clicked, you know, when, before we, your book came out, we had sat down and had coffee and you just really impressed me with all your insights and, and how you have really embraced the Think and Grow Rich book and, and, you know, how that changed your life. And, you know, I guess we you know we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but, you know, before we get into the topic of mindful money management, can you tell us a little bit more about your book and, and what was the reason why you, you wrote the book? Well, thanks, Chris, again. So first of all, I did want to reiterate I am a very dedicated father to my two amazing, beautiful, and talented daughters, Lorna Morgan. As you mentioned, my company name still is Solomore, is named after them. And Morgan and Lauren both just turned 12 and 14 a, a few weeks ago. Uh, so congratulations. I that Thank you. So yes, uh, mindful money management I am a prosperity coach, as you mentioned. Actually, some call me a money shrink. And my goal is to help at least 100,000 people become financially free. And as you mentioned, I work with clients to identify and overcome their roadblocks, standing in the way of their personal financial freedom. I think what's most unique about my program is that no one really talks about what they've learned about money growing up subconsciously between when they were born and, say, age 12. And sometimes this is stopping them from taking action. They live in fear of investing in certain asset classes, and they have a poverty consciousness, even though they may be very close to financial freedom. And my prosperity coaching program has three different modules that I work with clients on. It's, first of all, just educating them on the basics of stocks and bonds and real estate, The second one is probably the most interesting. This is where I get into money mindset and how do I, how do you act as if manifest your dreams and desires, your various affirmations you can do to improve your money mindset. And the third module is all the basics of savings, cash flow, what's your financial freedom number, and how you can change little things to move closer to becoming financially free. So that is backdrop. Why did I write my book? Well, I wanted to share the lessons I learned while managing money, both at City and at Solomon Capital, while I was being a hedge fund manager. And I wanted to share mindfulness practices that I used while managing money to help me deal with various emotions, mostly the negative ones that I had while managing money. But I think most importantly, as I stated in the book, You know, aside from the consideration of what you receive for your endeavor, there's the question of an obligation which I felt I owed to the world for the blessings which had been bestowed on me. So I didn't acquire my riches without the aid of others, and I really felt like, to paraphrase Napoleon Hill, to get one must first give. So the main reason I wrote the book was I wanted to share with others the growth that occurred as I became more self-aware and spiritual person, but also gaining a lot of knowledge about investments. And I wanted to share the techniques of mindfulness that I learned and
and all the different ways to manifest as well, and I talk about it in my book. So that was the main reason that I wrote the book. Oh, great. Well, that's great. And, and when somebody, like I said, you know, talk a little bit about what money, what mindful money management is. And if you could provide a, an example or two, that would definitely resonate with the listeners as to uh, what that means. Because a lot of times people, when they think of mindful, they, they're not sure how to read that. Great question, Chris. So mindful money management is just, it's being present, being aware, being aware of what's going on in your investments and being aware of what's going on in the overall marketplace for investments. And it doesn't have to be stocks. It could be bonds. It could be real estate. It could be a franchise. So just knowing and being mindful and being present and it's making decisions that you have faith in since you've already done the work and you're confident in the value of whatever investment that is over the long term, say one, three, five years. And this really gives you a distinct advantage over those who may be caring about a weekly or daily or monthly performance. And sometimes those are the professional investors. Being mindful to me in money management is not staring at the stock screen all day to take advantage of a tiny little move in a stock, but it's having done your analysis up front, knowing what the company's worth on the various scenarios so that if the market does go down or up a lot, you have a prescribed method on how to react. And let me just give you this example from my experience that's in the book about mindful money management. And this I go into in chapter three called mindfulness. So it's September 19th, 2008, and the Securities and Exchange Commission banned short-selling in financial stocks the night before. And I was max short, which meant that I was betting that the market and the financial stocks were going to go down, and I couldn't be any more short. It was the maximum I was allowed to be by Citigroup. Now, they, they banned short-selling in financial stocks, and all I was investing was financial stocks. And I was max short. So I was probably in the worst position of any investor across the globe. So we knew we were going to lose a lot of money. And it was going to be the worst day of my career, for sure. And I could have panicked. I could have gotten out of some shorts. I could have just acted irrationally, rashly. But what we did do is we came up with a plan. And right when the market opened, we literally walked away from the screen and spent time outside in the fresh air, in the sun. It was a nice late fall day. And we planned for the next weeks and months, what we were going to do in this environment where no more short selling was allowed in financial stocks. And we came up with a plan to cover or get out of half the short at a certain price and the other half at a lower price. We didn't make emotional or rash decisions. And the main point is we had a plan in place for the next weeks until the ban was lifted. And most importantly, we thought through that plan and realized that fundamentally nothing had changed in the value of any security in the stock market. The Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, had regulated a change, but the actual value of 
any company hadn't changed, and so therefore we shouldn't take rash or emotional action. And and that is what mindful money management is all about. Yeah, it's an interesting point where you talked about like how you know most people at at that time had panicked and had sold, you know, sold you know their their stocks at you know very you know at that at when it crashed at you know which was you know a reaction and not the right thing to do. But at the time, that's all they could, you know, could do because, again, they were in the past and the future. And being mindful was that you were in the moment, you know, that you know that that this was not a time to be making any rash, uh, you know, decisions that could long term really put put the your clients in a really tough situation. And just imagine exactly. the amount of pressure that was on you. So uh, that being said, uh, you know, we're going to be going to break in about, you know, three minutes. But I just again what would you say if, you know, when people are looking at their goals, why should they act as if their goals have already been achieved? Another great question, Chris. I have a really important story about acting as if, and when I say acting as if, I mean you can act as if what you want has already occurred. And what's really important is to, make sure you attach the feeling of what you want to have already occurred to the current state of physical reality. So I gave this great example in my book about acting as if. And what happened, it was December 2012. I had made the decision to start my own hedge fund, and I had been marketing, and I found two insurance companies separately that had both independently decided they were going to give me money they had given me oral commitments in the fall of 2012, and I had committed to commercial real estate space in a great area, 54th in Madison and Midtown Manhattan, probably close to one of the highest uh, real estate rental areas in the world. I had also committed to a lawyer, an accountant, an auditor, a fund administrator, compliance firm, a prime broker, and I was all set to go. And I moved into my office space in December 17, 2012. And within days, both of those companies that had orally committed backed out. Now, I didn't have a pipeline. I was fairly certain these were the two companies that I was going to be using their money to invest. And I didn't have any companies to invest come January 1st. Now, I could have given up, right? I could have said, okay, this is just not meant to be. Yeah. I thought this was my dream, but it's not. But I didn't. I acted as if. And how did I act as if both these companies had already signed up? I hired an analyst who was going to start January 1st. He started January 1st, 2013. And we went about acting as if by having a morning call every morning at 8.30, and we talked about the stocks we were invested in. We, yeah. we then set up a spreadsheet of the portfolio of stocks we were long and stocks we were short, betting that we were going to go down. And we went to conferences in January, February 2013. We set up calls with companies that we were, quote-unquote, invested in. And we acted as if we already had the money. I calculated the performance every single day of these companies on this spreadsheet, day after day. And within two months, 
we had gotten our first investor and wow. actually emailed and given, given us a written agreement. Now, of course, while we were doing all the acting as if, I was also going out of marketing to potential investors as well. But I truly believe without the actions I took as acting as if, None of that would have happened. Nah, I hear you. Joel, we're going to have to go to break, but I want to continue the story. This is powerful because it really, really defines what mindfulness is and how you used it. And I don't know if you even realized it at the time, but maybe you did. But we're going to revisit. So you're listening to Joel Solomon. We're, we're talking about mindful money management. We'll be right back after the break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're here with Joel Solomon from our, that we're talking about mo- mindful money management. Uh, Joel is a prosperity coach and a former hedge fund manager. 
So uh, he had a powerful story. And again, you could listen to that if you're just joining us on the on-demand version that will be uh, available later today, uh, this afternoon, East Coast time. So, Joel, you had a powerful story you were talking about when you launched your hedge fund. And, you know, right, right the day you opened, you find out that your two biggest supporters at that point had dropped you. And you were talking about what, you know, what your choices were and what decision you decided to make. Let's start off where, where we were there and go forward, because this is so powerful, uh, how this really you know, uh, explains how mindfulness works. Absolutely. So I clearly there in throughout life, you have opportunities to make various decisions. There are, there are paths that you can take. And many times when there's an obstacle, people just give up. And I'm suggesting that when you have an obstacle to act as if what you want to happen has already happened and that will help what you want to happen already happen. And as I suggested in, in this example, just before the break, I acted as if we already had the money. I checked our performance on a daily basis, performance, quote unquote, because there was no real performance, but I acted as if we had performance daily, weekly, made changes to, to the portfolio as if we were already invested, did all the actual trading in my head on paper, but not in reality. And then just a few months later was doing it for real. Uh, it's powerful, powerful. The, 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 how mindfulness can manifest the right energy to start working in your favor. Keep going. I mean, is there anything you want to elaborate on that? I, I think that that's the main point of the okay. mindfulness. And there's, there's, you know, many other ways I think I talk about in my book yeah. how to make money. But I think that was the main point from mindfulness. Gotcha. So tell us a little bit, you know, uh, how can we use intuition? You know, you were kind of talking, you know, you were talking about like this has already happened. So it was almost like that you had an intuition that this was all going to work out. So how can you use intuition to make money, whether if, if it's a company or individual? Great question again, Chris. I had talk about this in Chapter 14, which is called Trusting Your Gut. But trusting your intuition, same thing. You can call it gut. You can call it intuition. You can call it higher self, or you can call it sixth sense. But to me, it's all the same. It's, it's your intuition, and it's very powerful. And when you really trust it and listen to it, then you can indeed make money. And there were many times while I was managing money professionally that I found that intuition was really powerful. And you can ask yourself questions go into a meditative state to figure out if what you're feeling is true intuition or if, if it's actually you being scared or, or fearful. Sometimes that's hard to distinguish. And so I give some examples in the book about how sometimes you really have to go deep into yourself to figure out if it's a fear or if it's intuition. And I also talk about how 
to my clients, they ask me all the time, okay, so your intuition seems pretty powerful. How can I help develop my intuition? And I tell them, look, you can develop your intuition just like you develop any other muscle. You go to the gym and you do curls to develop your bicep. So why not develop your intuition every chance you get? All day long, you have decisions to make. So why not trust your intuition? Let me give you a couple examples. When you're on the subway platform in Manhattan or in any of the other boroughs, you get there and a local train's waiting for you. But the express is about to come in a couple minutes. So what do you do? Local or express? Express or local? Trust your intuition to make the decision. Here's another example. I take my daughters to school every Thursday morning. And we have options. We could take the highway or we could take the local roads. And generally my intuition tells me to take the highway. But a few months back, I'm about to take the highway and the traffic's all backed up. Now my intuition is still screaming at me to take the highway. But my intellect tells me to take the local roads. So I go local, and immediately my stomach's enough. Why? Because I hear the sirens, I see the flashing lights, and I get pulled over. And because I didn't trust my intuition, it cost me a $150 speeding ticket. Wow. Now, let me give you one example related to intuition and investments. So in 2008, I'm working at Citigroup as a hedge fund manager, and my intuition this is early in 2008, is telling me to short AIG, bet that it's going to go down. Now, this is way before we knew AIG was at the epicenter yeah. of the financial crisis. It was, the stock was at 80, and I trust my intuition, and we short it. We bet that it's going to go down. A couple of months later, my analyst comes to me. He says, Joel, they're raising capital. The stock's going back up. Now, my intellect agrees with them, but my intuition is telling me, Hold on, it's going lower. But I listen to my analysts, I listen to my intellect, and we get out. And two days later, it's down 10% more at 45. And my intuition is still screaming at me to short it. It's going lower. So we short it again. And less than four months later, we've made 60% on our money, trusting my intuition. Powerful. That's powerful, powerful intuition. It's amazing, like, you know, a lot of times how people allow their intellect to take over, you know, their intuition. And it's something that is kind of like that, you know, something inside that that's, you know, trying to protect us. And it is protecting us or trying to guide us in the right direction. But, of course, we have free will and we can make that choice whether we want to listen to it or not. But, you know, you you were spot on, you know, you know, mindfulness when you're when you're mindful and you've really learned to master the art of mindfulness and be present you have that clarity. You have the ability to be decisive, to follow through with action, and you're able to really hear the intuition. I mean, really, not just hear it, but really feel it, and that's so powerful, and I'm so glad that you shared those two examples that really resonate with uh, how this all works. So, so Joel, why, why is happiness and gratitude important to you know, your financial plans or, or any, anybody's financial plans? That's another great question, Chris. And I talk a lot about happiness in my book because it's been 
something that I've become so mindful of since I had some great experiences from happiness and, and lessons learned. So let's start there, and then I can talk about gratitude and the importance of gratitude also. In Chapter 8, the title is Happiness, and I realized in 2014, although I was doing my dream job, that I wasn't happy all the time. And I was trying to figure out why, and I realized that my happiness was conditional on if we made money for our investors. And if we made money, I was happy, and if we didn't, I was sad. And as you know, it's even if you're an incredibly great investor, you're probably right just over 50% of the time. So imagine living your life where half your days you're unhappy because you're, you're making it conditional on making money. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm not unique. I wasn't unique in that way. And most people live their lives with conditional happiness. If they, if it starts raining and they don't have an umbrella, they get unhappy. If they're driving into Manhattan and they don't get that choice spot, they get unhappy. And most people live their lives being conditionally happy. And I realized in 2014 that I was being conditionally happy. And in 2015... What happened in August really made it so clear to me. We, it was the first time in my career as a money manager that I took two weeks off in a row. And the first week, I went away with a buddy of mine, Don, to Croatia. And Don is probably the most patient, calm investor I know. And now, he wasn't checking his, his phone every few minutes to check stock prices. He was being present. And so we were being present, enjoying the beauties of Dubrovnik and Split and, and the beautiful water and, and water sports there. And the week after, I spent with my daughters, and I was present with them. We went to various amusement parks, like Hershey Park in Pennsylvania and other parks in the Pennsylvania, and... I spent the time really enjoying my time with them. And in August of 2015, we had our best relative month of any month during the time I was managing money for Solomar Capital. We were up over 3%. The market was down about 7 in August of 2015. And I realized now that the happiness that I was having that month, half the month, was directly correlated to the performance that I had. And I was enjoying myself, not staring at the stock screen every single minute, but, but you know, I was checking prices, but I was also being very present in the moment with my daughters and with Don and, and in Croatia. And it showed in terms of the performance that I had. So that, that was some of the examples. I give other examples about happiness as well in the book. And, and unconditional happiness. There's many ways to create your own happiness. And I go to go into a lot of those. Some, some, and it depends on the person, but for me, you know, it's, it's getting outside, it's jogging, it's exercising, it's getting fresh air and, and sunlight. 
It can be spending time with the ones you love. It can, it can just be doing something special for yourself. Um, you know, some people like massages or, you know, women like manicures and pedicures. It's, you know, whatever makes you feel good, you can make it an unconditional happiness situation and, and not make it conditional on what's going on around you. So I talk about happy habits in, in the book as well. And then in terms of gratitude, I started doing this in 2012 uh, when I read a book called How to Be Wildly Wealthy Fast by Sandy Forster, who's uh, from Australia. And she recommends doing this. I started writing down five things I'm grateful for in the morning, five things I'm grateful for at the end of the day. And I stopped doing it probably sometime when I was managing my funds in 2014. And maybe it was, it was 2013. I started it up again in 2014 when I realized that I wasn't being grateful for doing, achieving my dream at the time. And I started writing these things down, you know, what I was grateful for. First of all, my daughters, of course, Lorna Morgan, and I was grateful for just being healthy. And then I wrote down a whole long list of things, which I include in the book, from becoming a fellow of the Society of Actuaries, to becoming a CFA, a certified financial analyst, to, to all the different types of achievements I had had in my life, all the achievements Lauren and Morgan have had. And it just it doesn't have to be fancy, but just the feeling of gratitude is what shifts energy. Some say it's the same energy that is equivalent to love. And, and so that kind of feeling of gratitude equivalent to love shifts the energy, and, and it makes you feel more prosperous and, and abundant. And that's why I think it's so important to ask yourself, what am I grateful for today? Who can I be grateful for? And maybe you can even be grateful for some of the problems you're having because, as I say in the book, from bad things come good things and from really, really terrible things come awesome, great things. No, that's so true. I mean, you know, happiness, happiness and gratitude play such an important role. And I, I love the fact that when you talk about when you took that time off and you kind of disengaged, you kind of weren't like in front of the, the computer screen looking at the stocks, what they were trading at, you kind of removed yourself and just was in the moment, you know, having fun, really, you know, enjoying your time with your daughters. You had to, you enjoyed your time with your buddy and yet everything worked out well. You know, everything ended up probably being better than had you tried to control the situation and were checking everything around the clock while you should have been having fun. And I think, you know, a lot of us take that for granted. I think a lot of times when people are on vacation, you know, there are people that are still checking their phone. They're, you know, checking social media notifications. They're, they're checking their email, thinking that, that if they're able to do that, it's, it's going to still keep them, you know, you know, performing well on their job. But yet, it, you know, they're not really enjoying the time that they have off. And, and, and that's so important. So uh, we got to go to break, but uh, we're going to be right back. We're talking with Joel Solomon with Mindful Money Management, and we'll be right back. Be- 
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Again, we're here with Joe Solomon for Mindful Money Management. Again, if you're just joining us, we've been discussing the topic of mindful money management about uh, Joel's uh, brilliant book that came out recently, Mindful Money Management, Memoirs of a Hedge Fund Manager. And there's some real golden nuggets here, folks. So if you're just joining us, again, you can listen to the on-demand version at the Voice America Influencer Channel or Sustainable Success 2017 Facebook page. So again, feel free to stop by, make a comment. If you have any questions for Joel, you can leave them and we'll make sure that we do get back to you. So Joel, when uh, you really had a powerful story about you know you, you know launching the hedge fund and really you know coming into mindfulness and how that really really did a, a miraculous thing of taking your business to another level. What what I'm curious to find out as well as the listeners is why did you shut down your hedge fund? Great question, Chris, and and I talk about this in 
chapter two, and then again, in chapter two is called My Dream Job, or Is It? And then I talk about it again in chapter 15, which is called Making Everyone in This Room Financially Free. So that's a, a little teaser there. So let's, uh, let me tell you what happened. It was December 2015, and we had done quite well in the hedge fund in 2013. We were up about 10% in just six months. And we were up again in 2014, about 1%, which is similar to the overall stock market that year. And we obviously weren't taking anywhere near the amount of market risk that someone who was fully invested was. But there was a big but. We hadn't raised a huge amount of money, and we really did need to raise more money for it to be a long-term viable entity. We could probably go on for a few more years. But in order for it to be long-term, we had to raise some more money. And I was thinking about this in, in November and early December when I received an email promoting a course that seemed to be able to help me get to the next level. And it was all about how to better market your business, how to inspire your customers, how to get more investors, how to better inspire your employees. It, it sounded exactly what I needed. So I went to the course down in Florida in late December 2015, and two things happened at that course. The first was we had to do this exercise called obstacles or illusions. And they gave us this wooden board about two inches thick, and we had to break the board with our bare hand. And imagine... Everyone's horror. There were about 200 people in the room. We had to fill out permission slips, and we were going to break this board with our bare hands. So the leader explains for over 45 minutes how we should set up, how the person who is the helper was going to hold the board, and on and on. Now, one side, we had to write our obstacle, and on the other side, we had to write our goal. And I wrote on one side, the obstacle, raising enough money for Salomar Capital for it to be massively profitable. And on the other side, I wrote my goal, making everybody in this room financially free. And then I broke the board. Now, the second thing that happened at that course was we had a guest speaker who was talking about stocks and stock options. And he started speaking about options as if it was a get-rich-quick scheme. He gave examples of, for example, Facebook in May of 2013. If you had just bought one call option and one put option right before their earnings, you would have made five to ten times your money. And then he gave other examples just like that. And I literally was sick to my stomach because at the very least he was being misleading and at the worst, he was potentially lying to all 200 people in the room. And this was day two. Everyone knew that I was the hedge fund manager. I had people tapping me on the shoulder, whispering in my ear, Joel, does this make sense? Are options really riskless? And I said, let's, let's wait to the end of the presentation. We go outside afterwards. And I said, please don't do this. Options are not riskless. And so I went home that night, and I couldn't sleep. It was a Sunday night. And that wooden board, at least half the wooden board, was staring back at me, making everybody in this room financially free. 
And first of all, I realized there was a non sequitur with the other side of the board, making Salomar Capital massively profitable. And it finally dawned on me that what I was supposed to be doing with my life, my true purpose. And so I literally went into my office the next morning, not getting much sleep, and I sent an email to my investors telling them I'm giving them their money back. I'm shutting down the fund. I figured out what my true purpose in life. So wow. that's Into, why intuition that. in full force. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, so that, that was the story. That was the reason why I shut down the fund. Yeah. Wow. Was, uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, just think about like, I mean, how you went, it, it was just like this epiphany, you know, that, and, and then, you know, a combination of hearing somebody that really doesn't understand the market, you know, and then the fact that you were able to, uh, you know, use that and to say, you know what, I'm here to really help be people become financially free. I'm not here to just take people's money and, you know, options are a risk. That's so true. It's uh, nothing. Not, there's no such thing as a, an investment that's risk free. Right. So, exactly. how, you know. What you know? What I like to you know learn a little bit about this, Joel. If you could expand upon you know what life lessons have you learned that have had the greatest impact on you so far? You know, was, I mean, I'm sure this did, but you know, anything else that you could collectively talk about that you can share with the audience? Yeah, besides acting as if and never giving up, which I've talked about on the earlier segments, I think the biggest other lesson for me was doubting the doubt. Why is the doubt right? So doubt the doubt. And I, my biggest example of this was when I was working as an actuary, I wanted to be a money manager. And if I talked to, and, and this was, you know, early 1990s, an actuary was on the cover of Fortune magazine as the best career. I had just passed all those exams, which probably took me seven years. And talking to family and friends, and acquaintances, everyone said to me, first of all, why would you ever want to change that job? And secondly, well, it's not possible. You're working as an actuary. You can't become an investor. You don't have the background. You don't have the experience. But I did find one actuary on Wall Street who gave me advice on how he got there. And so I knew it wasn't completely impossible. And I just started doubting the doubt. I had some doubt, of course, because everyone was telling me it wasn't possible. But I started doubting the doubt, and I went through a series of moves in my career from New York Life Insurance Company to Moody's, a rating agency, getting credit analysis experience to getting private equity experience to eventually working at a small hedge fund and then becoming the money manager, the, the hedge fund manager at Citigroup, and then ultimately having my own firm. So the point being is, there's going to be people who doubt you. You may even doubt you, but why is the doubt right? Doubt the doubt. Mm-hmm. Powerful. So, you know, what, if we look at right now, what would be your perspective on the meaning of life or having a life purpose? Great. Another great question, Chris. So I think for me, meaning of life is what we've talked about earlier is, is to be happy. And just think about that. If you could be happy 24-7, how awesome your life would be. 
And I do think that that vibration, that energy level is, is pretty high up there. If you're ecstatic and really, really happy, then you'll really manifest whatever you want in life. So for me, the goal is to, you know, have fun, be happy, enjoy what you're doing. And, and as law of attraction says, whatever you put out, you get. So if you're happy all day long, you'll get more and more things to come into your life to be happy about. And it's, and it's a consistent thing, right? You know, a lot of times it's not one of those things that, and it's not easy, right? But, but it's, it's something that has to be consistent. You know, people always ask us sustainable success. What's that mean? Well, it's being consistent with your daily habits, disciplines, and specific goals, attainable goals that no matter whether you feel like doing them or not, that are going to lead long-term to where you want to be. You're focused on the process. And, you know, so happiness is, is something that we all have to work on. And, and it's something, like you said, if it's consistent, it's going to bring more things to us that we really, truly desire. So we can't become complacent with it. That is so true. So Absolutely. And I have all these happy habits that I'd recommend listeners write down what things make you happy and try to do one or two or three things every day consciously that will increase your level of happiness. Yeah, love it. Love it. So what are, you know, what are some of your values, Joe? You know, how do you set up your life right now to reflect those values? Give us a little idea, like, you know, since when you had that, when you woke up that next morning, you, you closed down the hedge fund, you decided that, you know, real, the real wealth in life and prosperity is, is being happy. Talk about wh- how your values align with that. I think my core principles, my core values are honesty. Um, you know, that, what, it, what hit me from that, that conference was the guy wasn't being completely truthful and authentic. And I really, I didn't say this earlier, but I felt like I could do a better job up there. Like I truth, like being true, I felt so unhappy and, and because there were going to be people in that room who were going to sign up to that, that course and were not getting what they expected and probably were going to lose money because of it. So yeah. Really, the honesty and authenticity and truthfulness is, is very important for me. And I do try to be somebody who lifts people up, who's an uplifter for everyone I, I interact with, inspirational. I That's my goal is to try to inspire people because I think generally in life, people are not feeling as happy and not as inspired. So if I could... If I could inspire one person a day, that that would be a great goal. Um, and then I, I truly, my true goal, as I mentioned earlier, is to help others become financially free. And I, I really get, you know, I've, I've been on the phone a few times today with different clients and potential clients, and I just feel so good about having the ability and the, the potential to help people educating them, educating them not only on investing their money more wisely, but just educating them on the basics of law of attraction, the basics of, as you mentioned earlier, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, Thoughts Become Things. And so those those play a key part. And then also, as we talked earlier, never giving up. One of my key principles is having persistence. Wow. Yeah. Persistence, like I said, persistence, consistency, honesty, integrity, 
happiness. I, I love it. Those are a lot of the values that I carry around with me as a transparent leader and a transparent influencer. You know, not afraid to, uh, you know, admit my mistakes, my weaknesses and so forth. So I, I do agree with you on that. So, so Joe, I wanted to let the, you know, listeners know a little bit about, you know, what you're up to, where they can find you and what do you have to offer, you know, the, the listeners today? Great, great question. So you can find me either at joelsolomon.com or solomore.com. That's S-A-L-A-U-R-M-O-R.com. And again, named after my daughters, Lauren and Morgan. And I guess, you know, on the website, there's tons of giveaways from audio files that are self-talk files. You, You could actually get my monthly investor letters as a hedge fund manager for three years. I have daily affirmations you could get for prosperity. I have my own suggested book readings, favorite songs, even my favorite travel destinations, which uh, I didn't really talk about, but I have a huge passion for traveling. And, of course, my book, Mindful Money Management, Memoirs of a Hedge Fund Manager, is available on my website as well as on Amazon, Kindle, and on paperback. And you can even get it at uh, mindfulmoneymanagementthebook.com. And it's Great. exactly at a discount compared to Amazon. One, one more thing uh, sure. I did want to mention, Chris, is I, ha- I do have a project I'm working on right now, which is mindful money management in relationships. And I have a colleague that I'm working with who's a relationship coach, and we're working on how to apply these kinds of techniques to couples and individuals, singles who are looking to be in a relationship, because the number one the number one reason for divorce in America is money. That's true. I, it's something I teach with uh, people on the re- also on relationships. You got to nurture relationships, and often money is the number one reason. I can't agree with you more. Yep. Well, this is great. Well, you know, Joel, I want to thank you today for taking the time uh, to join us. You know, this is always something that's important. Mindfulness is a big part of sustainable success. It's something true to my heart, something that I use and, and coach on with my clients as well. And, and it's such an important thing, especially around money, because, you know, money is, you know, is a good thing and, and, you know, not in a way to be greedy, but in a good thing that allows us to do a lot of the things that make us happy. And it's not in itself that that makes us happy, but it's just the things that allows us to do and enjoy that time with our loved ones and so forth. So, Wanted to thank you again. Again, guests, we also want to thank you, our listeners, uh, for joining us today. Again, we hope you enjoyed the information that Joel shared. Again, we uh, to let everybody know we will be switching over to Thursdays at 12 noon East Coast time on May 13th. So for the rest of April, we'll be here on Wednesdays, but we'll be moving over to a new time slot. So that way you could listen to us uh, more live when you're eating lunch. So again, we want to thank Joel for joining us. And again, thank you listeners for joining us as always and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.